Punk rock means that you have no professional talent, but you find something that sounds kind of cool. Glycerine. I've done cover glycerine. I know, yeah. <laughs> I don't Actually, I do a really good, I do a really, my band used to do a really good cover of um, Weezer's Say It Ain't So. Nice. Oh. Yeah. I saw them live. Yeah, See, I, I'm not a, never been a professional musician. Actually, I've never been a professional anything. I think that's kind of the most fantastic part about the life story of this, this character that is me. I am, I'm literally the modern equivalent of a renaissance man if that meant anything today so right? you mean professional like like commercial like nothing high like i have i have skills but i'm a master of none of them i have done a little bit of almost everything and have played the game on various different levels without even having the qualifications to do so so, for example, like I met you guys in theater, right? which I had never done before. Right. And you guys are like, honestly, I learned so much from these cats. You have no idea. I a mad respect. Like, you have no idea. And you fucking crushed it. You well, were, you're a natural. You didn't miss a, a step. Study. Regardless, but it was one of those things. I enormously appreciated having talented individuals around because it made the whole thing... Uh, a lot easier to comprehend. Yeah, all we had to do is be like, hey, Bob, when you do it like this, just take a step to your left and open up. And he's like, oh. <laughs> so they can see me. Makes That's sense. Basically yeah. All we told them. yeah, my director's notes were, okay, we're over here. Don't get, don't get too into the Bob scene. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, but I was like wrestling someone. All right, look at people while you're wrestling someone. And that's easy. Basic it's, form of wrestling. Yeah, it was genius. No, to talented thing. individuals. Yeah. Everyone, and that goes to everyone in this room. Here. Oh, yeah. Shout out. Oh, yeah. Shout out. 
Since yeah. we're here tonight in the studio, where are we? Can tell we're in a different place. Maybe if you're watching, you're like, what is this? What does it look different? Does it look different? I don't know. Maybe we're at a new location. Our old home, 1830, underwent renovations and uh, just isn't going to work out for us to do the show. There. Well, it's old and new because some of yeah. yeah. you might have seen the old episodes. Yeah. 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 Some of you might have seen like our like pilot episodes, like in the middle of our, our Emptiness of our dark souls. It was, of our careers. It was actually February, so it was very dark. Yeah, it was very. <laughs> it was you, really rainy too. If you have, it was the snow. It was that that snow ice. Yeah, storm. it was an insane blizzard that most of didn't grow up for. We went right. ahead and did the episode anyway. That was the first. Episode. I remember my yeah. cabbie thought I was crazy. He's like, what, "Where are you going?" I'm like, "I'm going to a taping." He's like, "Of what?" I'm like a podcast. He's like, how much does that pay? And I'm like, "Not lots." He's like, "How much is not lots?" And I'm like, "Nothing." He's like, "Why are you on the road?" It's like. Suicide out here. And a podcasting man. A podcasting. It this was. is the future. What are you talking about? Look at his face. This. <laughs> and we had a we had a, a studio audience. People came. That was amazing. Yeah, we got like that was nine people here there or something. A, there was a handful. We had like a a handful. Yeah, we had the like original yeah. party. House party yeah. vibe. Which was yeah. amazing. If you haven't seen episode one and two, go back and watch them. I'm telling you, you need oh. to listen to Especially them. Especially now that you're watching this episode so that you get the right. full context. You gotta yeah, go back and get the whole story. Because we're, we're gonna talk about things that happened in those episodes. You wanna know things that have changed. What's going we, on. we were recently submitted for a for a giant podcast uh what's it called the podcast festival hot dog hot yeah the hot, the hot dogs, say festival. Hot dogs but it's hot yeah the hot dogs, dogs festival he's just, he's just a hungry dog that's what he is fingers crossed we submitted yeah. this sort of include independent podcast as another category for their documentary awards and such and again i can't speak for the industry or organization associated with that but i can tell you this qualified. They wanted homegrown Toronto podcasts that non-fiction with a focus on compelling non-fiction storytelling. <laughs> hey, that's now. our tagline. Who the fuck are you listening to? There's literally no other story that is more compelling than this. Fuck Hi. you. You're we done. We ah, we're signed. Hi, hot dogs. This is my audition to you. This is nothing more than than, than a truth, as I see it or pretend to see it. So remember. This is non-fiction storytelling at its finest, and it's Toronto-oriented, and you're a Toronto organization. Home We're grown. a shoe in Done. Come on now. So no, right. you want it. Our, so now that I've done that, now that no, the, gratuitous, the gratuitous grab for grant money and government sponsorship, which we're never going to get because I'm just not playing. Trevor's got a call. Sorry. Who is it? Sorry. Is it Justin Trudeau? Is it giving us our funding? It's, uh, it's, it's a notification from, from Cypher Picks. Kareem <laughs> tagging us right now. We're yeah. going to be on the game here. It's almost like we planned that. Yeah. Shout out to Cypher Picks in the audience tonight, as always. Right. Uh, part of our production, too. Huge shout out to Jabril the Thrill. Uh, we often refer to him as the sidekick, but he hates Batman that. and Robin, they <laughs> love little, it. What are you talking about? They love it. We had this conversation 10 minutes ago. They love it. And even if they don't, I do. Fantastic. You went home, we would like your votes, we would like you to weigh in. Do you think it's a sidekick situation? Do you like the Batman Robin? Do you like to build a thrill sidekick? Yes or no? Vote. Let us know. The audience will, will speak for us. I, I thought you were asking Oh no! Why are we <laughs> asking him? Of That'd course he doesn't like it. Of course he doesn't like it. I'm talking to the people at home. I thought you went to Rills right there. So like, he's like, no, I don't like it. Look, check that. That might be the grinder comic, with the medicinal. Comic book fans the world over. We'll tell you how amazing Robin is and how without Robin, Batman would just be a cheesy, iconoclastic character with no backstory. So don't worry, you guys. Jabril. Yes. Um, 
you're not feeling well tonight, but you're here. That's how that's how amazing you are. He's so. under the weather. He probably doesn't I mean, feel like being here right now. It's all right. He was he's feeling it from being out on Saturday night for our big film preview where Oh yeah. We had a big we well Tell me all about it. I wasn't there. We were in the Roncesville at the Review Theater. We were uh, previewing our movie. That we, had, we headlined the Sudden Impulse Film, film festival, festival. Which is a film festival here in Toronto. 8th annual red carpet event. And the name plug, of, plug. And the name of our film was The Film Festival. Parody so on film festivals. I arrived late and walked in and they were, they were like, excuse me, uh, like, like you need tickets kind of thing. And I was like, oh, I'm here for the film festival. I'm in one of the films. And she was like, what's the name of it? The Film Festival. And she was like, yes, I'm in the film festival. In the, the film, film festival. festival. So yeah, check it out. Ticket Poo Productions. That's Ticket real. We're not just making, that's not a oh. bit. If you're like, that's is that a bit? They just worked out where they call it. It's not a bit. It's a real thing. But it won ton, it's already won tons of awards. Yeah. No, no, it's fine. It's, it's a bit of a, He's a star, good time. Right? I uh, produced and starred Lars, makes a feature appearance, and lots of other Toronto actors that you may know from our acting community. Yeah, so, tons of people. We should you may. We should so shout may. some of them out. Jabril, Cam, oh, Cam I mean, I don't, but Cam, you may. Cam, Cam, Cam Sedgwick. Rachel and Sellen, Marina Pratt, Jenny everybody. Fisher, Malcolm Taylor. Taylor. He gets a double shout out because he's great. Um, Jake Zaboos. Jake Zaboos. Zaboos in the house. My boy Steve Casson, who I've been uh, on some other movies Ed, with. We had Ed Kennington well, in there. Was Eddie Brian. Uh, Jim, Jim Tubor. Yeah, so shout out to a bunch no, of people that aren't here right. and have no uh, a direct Im- impact with what we're doing. But you are here. Thanks, Thanks, people that are here. Rich with the assist yes. right here. You may see a beer flying into frame. Be Rich. The uh, storied, hallowed. Uh, beloved Rich. Yeah, my childhood. You know, if you he's, my, he's my hetero life mate. If like, you there's a silent Bob, yeah. or a not so silent Bob, and kind of a, a socially awkward dick, that would be me and Rich. Like, if we weren't doing a story on Bob, we'd be probably doing a story on Rich. Well, that's a spin off story, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be the. Uh oh. You see this sidekick thing we've set up here? They both write sci-fi too, and we before the show we overheard them like having a conversation about like quirks and quarks and cyborgs and black holes and shit. So like you guys generate your own universes, like rules and you know. Well, no, that's kind of chaotic. But when I'm playing tabletop role-playing games, yes, of course I do. But that's different. Like, do you do spinoffs of current sci-fi? Well, there's no such thing as current sci-fi universes. I mean, okay, no, like I don't. Write, no, no, I don't write asking. fan fiction. No, I don't. Hmm. I don't write fan fiction because I'm not a fan. So um, then, do you generate your own, like, given circumstances within? Yes, your... absolutely, absolutely. I mean, that, that's fiction, though. Like, that's the whole okay. And it's sci-fi. <laughs> oh, so you like make it up? But like some people, if you and Margaret Atwood and I had a little sit down, you'd be like, "So Margaret, when so you're running like, about a world where all women are infertile except for the rape class, I mean, the servant class, never mind." And you ask the same questions, I'd have to answer the same way. Writing a world and living in one is almost the same thing. You just imagine the differences between this world and that world. Mm. And it's not about necessarily being fiction, non-fiction, or fantasy, or, or illusion, or delusion. It's, it's how far away from what's understandable are you willing to write? And more importantly, do you think your audience can grasp it? So, 
I see a lot of I, that well, went no. right over my head. So I mean, he can <laughs> he can no grass. For for example, it for example, it. right? Some people enjoy uh, easily disseminated information. They want their media, you know, in little snippets and bits they can all digest. Top ten list, preferably. Right. Yeah. Other people want Game of Thrones all day long. Watch for a thousand hours and and it's the same general consensus at the end. You felt you felt your story, but one's an epic scope, and one is a quick digestible bit. Right. So I try and write somewhere in between, because I don't think that it needs to be epic to tell a story, but I also don't think that it's it's unnecessary for things to be bland and boring. You know what it is? I think we just invented a new thing that might describe our mini clips: epic digestible bits. Epic digestible bits. Right. I'll say it again with a good camera face. Now that is an epic digestible bit. <laughs> That's just for editing purposes. That was him. That's the name of our big, big bug cookies. So epic today, bits. today I wanted epic to talk. Disgusting. Today I wanted to talk about the women of Thirty Nine Drunk Disorders. But I'm not even sure if we're going to get there because we're into the politics of Thirty-One Drunk Disorders with writing and, and culture. No, we can move on into the. Women. But I'm fine with whatever. I mean, you know, I mean, this is a freeform show. Let's, let's talk about the women. Okay, so. Sorry. I, I did something. I don't know what happened. He's Instagramming. It's it's Speaking of Instagram, hit us up at 39DD Show. Oh, hit us up on Facebook at 39DD Show. Socially inept. I don't Wake up. Come on. I'm here. I just don't know how to do things. Me too. Follow at Trey the Actor. You can hit me up at Lars Classington. Hit up at Laughing Vikings. Shout out to our last. Uh, oh, and if you're looking, if you're looking yep. for me, if you're looking oh, for me online, you'll find oh. almost nothing. And if you're watching this right now, and sometimes you don't have the ability to watch and you want to listen, just listen to the podcast version of this. There. We took care of that. Nice. Uh, shout out to our last and uh, favorable audience member. Yeah, we haven't gotten that uh, Luna. Don, Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> yeah. Don Sadler. Don Luna. Actor extraordinaire. I met Don Sadler when I... Um, You've now become one of the women of 39 Drunk Disorderlies, right? By this episode? That's, that's what it's called. Cool right, so. I met Don by shooting her husband 11 times at point blank. And uh, nice. now, we, now we're friends. Did he swallow? He almost died. <laughs> many, many surgeries. And uh, somehow now he's still alive. He's on disability. I played a killer in uh, an episode of a show called Fear Thy Neighbor, and Don was the wife of one of my neighbors who I shot repeatedly. Horrible, horrible. So sorry. Uh, a terrible situation, because it's actually based on a true story. But uh, <laughs> Wow. As an actor, it was great. You know, since we're not getting dark, it's right. What, what cameras are functioning here? Uh, for all the folks at home, we're just going through some technical difficulties while we listen, readjust listen, to the new location. Robert, what, what's happening? At this point, uh, you can only see Trev and I. We haven't cut away to Bob because uh, the Bob cam's down. The Bob cam's down. Yeah. The show lost third time. Oh, the wide one. Apparently, great. I have we, a Bob cam. We see him in the wide. Yeah. We I'm always put the wide for safety. I thought I'd vanished, which is awesome. I've done that before. <laughs> and the close-up Bob cam is back. He's back right here. There that little is. microphone laser thing on top of that is pretty intimidating, by the way. 
Like, it's like zoned in on my face. I feel like you're going to burn holes in my frontal cortex. Is that a gamma ray device? Like, all right. All right, so look. We, Buckle up. We have, we have discussed a lot of the, the facets of being a drunken, marauding, you know, nightlife enjoying sociopath. Right? So I, I played that game for a long time. You know, being intrinsically nihilistic. Whoa. Oh, oh, we got Whoa. another foul play. I was Instagramming. Uh, this is the game these days. Uh, we're sharing shit. So, <laughs> so hot dogs, if you need any doubt that we were Indian at all, those doubts should be laid to rest by my co-host here. Who can't keep off their fucking phones like the millennials they are long enough to get through half a fucking episode. Buddy, this is distribution right here. Nobody's hearing or seeing anything if we don't do this. Can I get a confetti cannon, please? We're not just like, talent. Just, if, I could set one off, if I could set one off the table right here, I totally would. Okay. Alright, let's get back to it. Talking about killing a thread of thought in one fell swoop. Okay, so, is there any more alerts that are going to go off? Probably. Do it. Should Probably. I check my phone now? Like, yeah, might as, as well. <laughs> All right, so... Quick phone break. That'd be a good thing for a podcast. So one of the things that I didn't talk about, I think I haven't talked about really at all, except sort of colloquially mentioning that there were people like my ex-wife, Ashley, and so on and so forth. And I say wife again colloquially because she was common law, but, you know, blah, 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 that, that's the wife. I'm going to go with it. Level of commitment. Thank you, Jabril, for adding... Can, can can Robin get a hey hey? He just put some some the rabbit ears on my we wife. Need, thing. We, need, we need an I think maybe camp. I think maybe he thinks about wife a little more strictly than I do. No, he's like perfect. That was a wife. You lived with her for long enough. You suck with his wife. <laughs> Either way, I love it. It was great. Sorry. Thank you, Jabril. Hundred percent. So. So what I ignored or failed to mention was that during these extraordinarily drug-addled, you know, violent, somewhat disturbed years of my life, it wasn't though I lived in sort of like a, a, a male-only world. There were a lot of women involved in, in the life and times of 39 Drunk and Disorderly. Yeah, it's true. You've heard about a lot of debauchery, a lot of like you... Interacting with cops, you fighting mm -hmm. with drunk assholes, mm -hmm. like you know. And you would think, you would think to some extent that would sort of render your, your 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 social life a little bit restricted, dissuade certain yeah. yeah, but that's entirely not true. Almost the opposite, right? Basically, <laughs> he's a lover, not a fighter. But when he well, fights, no, he's, he's, oh, a, he's he a fighter, <laughs> and he's a fighter, and he's a lover, and he's a lover who loves to fight, and. Yeah. Apparently that was fine. And a fighter who girls love to love. To love. And fight. Love to love. And, and they probably fight as well, don't they? And a lot of them fight. Yeah. In fact, I actually broke up with one ex because <laughs> she wanted to box in a boxing ring. Because, yeah, she said to me, we can't, we can't have a good relationship if I think that you think you need to defend me all the time. Mm. Interesting. So we need... To sort this out, we're going to go to a boxing ring and I'll, I'll show you. And I knew she could fight because I met her at an after hours. And I'm walking across the room and I see these four guys coming in this girl. She's looking a little uncomfortable. 
And then she jumps up onto the pool table where she's standing and spin kicks this guy in the face and drops him. Jumps off the table and punches this next guy in the neck, drops him. I walk up. She's dealt with the problem. She whips around. She's about to hit me, and I'm like, <laughs> you want, I'm like, you want a drink? Because I was like, that, that works for me. I'm like, I was going to come in here and save you. I'm like, and she's like, what? You need to save me? I'm like, no, not anymore. But I'm like, really not. But I'll buy a beverage. <laughs> like, you want a drink? Like, that works for that me. That was very Wayne's world. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. He lays down some ass, and then you're like, shock. Yeah. Hey, a drink? Would you like a drink? <laughs> yeah. I was like, my man who is not threatened here, would you like a beverage? I'm like, that's brilliant. But it, it got to the point where she's like, she thought that I needed to protect her. So this is actually funny because this is one of the women that they're in bullies. She one time headbutted a guy off of his fake leg. <laughs> there's a, there's yeah. an image for everybody. You will we're be walking, seeing that in an episode. We're walking very, down very the street soon. and me and my, my brother there and he's, he's six foot six. I'm six five. And she's like five foot five. She's walking ahead of us. And this dude leaps up in front of us like, yo, do you need smoke right now? And I'm like, no, man. Like, chill out. You're kind of crazy. And he goes to headbutt her. Oh. And she's a biker's daughter. She's tough. She knows everything. She's goes, yeah, he's going to cocoa bonk me. I don't think so. So she leans in and goes, whoop, pow, and drives this guy. And he falls off of his fake leg. <laughs> and basically, she beat him to the punch. So, yeah. She yeah, out-headbutted yeah. him? She, yes, she out-headbutted <laughs> him. Oh, like, well, you're going to headbutt me? I'm going to headbutt you. Anyway, yeah, so we start teasing her because she knocked this guy off his fake leg. And it, the thing is, this guy was much bigger than her. It was like an accomplishment anyway, if you think about it. But she was sad that she didn't know the guy had a fake leg. Right. Because she thought she just like headbutted right. some cripple now, right? It's, She's like, it was amazing. I was like, this guy came at you. He was all cracked out. You headbutted him off his fake leg. But then as soon as you saw his fake leg, she was mortified. She's like... <laughs> Yeah, but having a having a disability does not give you carte blanche to be an absolute no! douchebag. No, so, but like the point is, the point is, you're a dick. The point is, she wanted this guy to be like a six foot four, like tough motherfucker, so right. she could show me and him that she could have this oh, guy. Oh, right. So she headbutts him off his fake leg, right. and me and him, me and my brother James, are like, oh look, you can be. He's only got one leg, right? And she's like, so. She wanted to she box. Can beat up a so she, yeah, exactly. And so, used to, right, yeah, so right. used to, we used to, that used to, we used to tease her like, that's pretty oh, funny. so yeah, head butted a cripple. Huh? Yeah, you know that kind of thing. Anyone right? who showed up just that. No, the guy like, was like a violent do? mugger. The guy was like a violent mugger. Like if she had been alone and the cops had been there and seen her head with the guy, they'd been like, self defense, it's all good. But because there's two nearly seven foot guys and we're both like, so you head butted a cripple, huh? You know, you're like, oh. Yeah. So wait, you said you're with your brother's tall too? You don't oh, my buddy James. Your buddy James. But he's 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Wow. You two rolling must be fucking deep. <laughs> <laughs> Follow him at Trey the actor. This is Trevor Kenson, everybody. Fucking deep. No oh, no, it's pretty intense. No, no we've, we've told these, no, we've told these fight it. stories before. I, I, can be, I can be clear with you. Me and the boys on Friday night used to do the Friday night fight night. And that's not even a joke. That's, we would get really liquored up. We would go out on Friday night. We would look for groups of people who disagreed with our political or whatever 
social agendas. So, for example, the street Nazis managed to fight pretty hard. Um, the Polish Nazis managed to just conquer. And, like, the weird Skid Row punks who thought it was okay to, like, mug and attack everybody, we fought them pretty good, too. Uh, we also fought the hip-hoppers. I mean, really, pretty much anybody who was... Mm, pretty much anybody. I mean... What was the difference between the street Nazis and the Polish Nazis? Well, the Polish Nazis had, had like, an egotistical thing about them. Like, they would tell you they were Polish Nazis. Pierogies, mostly. That's Which was, like, really <laughs> hilarious. It's like, and we'd all laugh, like, are you kidding? Like, you just... You know, you just yeah. Like, have you ever read a book? You know what I mean? Like, even one. You're a Polish Nazi. Okay. Guys, I don't want to fight these dudes. And then one guy would punch my friend, and I'm like, yeah, no, I kind of want to fight them. And then we'd fight them. You know? Just for the record, we started talking about love. And but Jimmy does his ear a bit now. But the point is, this story doesn't, this story doesn't oh. end happily, because Friday Night Fight that ended with Jimmy getting his ear bitten off. So. I can't get over Polish Nazis. That's the funniest thing ever. Because uh, Poland was like... Yes. They just steamrolled over. Yes. Them, so and they treated them, treated them the worst. It's like, yeah. It's Polish people. Well, oh, again, man. it's almost like Finland, Stockholm syndrome in Poland. It's it's no, but it can only happen in a country <laughs> like Canada. Like Canada, yeah. where we are so safe and happy. Well, if you can't be in a vagina, Helsinki right? syndrome. Well, no. So you can't you can't recognize the the historical significance of the ideology you think you're prescribing to. You're just too dumb. Again, you haven't read a single book. Like, yeah, you just do not know what's going on. You're like, oh, well, I have a classical connection to this ideological group that steamrolled me into the ground. It's, it, it's the same thing we all encountered as kids on the fucking playground. The biggest dumbass, the guy that everybody knew was the biggest fool in the world, always had more friends than you could possibly imagine. You were always like, how did this guy exist? How did this happen? How, how did this guy get five of his friends to attack me? A bully in his entourage. Right? Anyway, though, we've talked about bullying before. Right. Back to the women. What I want to say is this. <laughs> Back to the women. I think that's a segue, actually. <laughs> Keep getting off track. Into women, women, we're talking about this women. Might be, this Very might be bullying. one of those tangential episodes where we just... We're a little loose. We're playing by our own rules tonight. You know what? We should be. We, we do that anyway. That's what we do. Yeah, but I feel extra. But the reason I want, the only reason I wanted to talk about the women specifically today was because I was thinking about my girlfriend now and thinking about the history of women in my life leading back through all these stories that I tell. And what people have to recognize is that half the time, even the paramours in my life, the women I was with, really didn't have any idea how entirely mental the world that I lived in was when they weren't around. And it seemed mental enough to them in the spectrum that they were experiencing. But I guess that's also part of these stories too. You gotta realize this is compartmentalization at its highest level. That's why I'm terrified of telling these stories mm -hmm. to some extent. Because they're so out of context. Because there are some people that live these stories but don't know that they live these stories. Or that yeah, they don't know that half of it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, they may know their their portion of it. Like, I arrived at home and looked like this. Right? And the story I told when I arrived at home was... But what occurred before I arrived at home is like episode four. 
right? <laughs> so, you see, it's this is a confessional as well as a testimonial. Well, that's what we're kind of select with, you know, what we disclose. Yeah. yeah. Some things are still kind of ongoing, kind of well, current. Yeah, that's the thing. And I'm nervous about stuff, but I'll tell you guys, you know, to tell you the truth, in, in the era we live in, I think the honesty of a, of a human experience is worth more than my, you know, personal privacy. Because frankly, a lot of these stories don't matter that much to me in that realm. They're embarrassing, but they're no, they're no more embarrassing than, for example, the political election we're engaged in right now. Right. <laughs> you know? Like, we, we live in times that are so stupid, generally, yeah, left yeah, to right, very laughable, yeah. that I can say whatever I want to and really just fall somewhere in the middle. Like, I'm just a guy that's lived there. Watch it. The podcast police will get us. Well, whatever. They can do that if they want. They have to. They have to. I hope they do, because that means they're watching. Yeah. <laughs> Check us out on YouTube and all the podcast channels. But yeah, when I, when I was engaged in, in, you know, doing way too many drugs and partying all the time and playing punk rock music specifically and touring across the, the country and being very strange, meeting women and... and Securing pleasurable contact with women was not difficult in any way, shape, or form. SPC, securing pleasurable contact. Little SPC. Secure some pleasurable contact. Did you secure it? Oh, I secured it. Handcuffs and all. Right. You have a way with words, and you know it. And this is compelling non-fiction storytelling. <laughs> booty call. He went to. He got some ass. Or securing. What was it? Securing. Pleasurable. So you went across the country. That's a t-shirt. You've been right in like uh, some interesting places. Um, I've been in some interesting places. Out Midwest, out west, north. You know, I, we didn't. <laughs> we tried to go across country and made it like. Like in, into, the, into the prairies, right. and then kind of realized that that sucked, and, it's so and did like a hard loop, and, and then the ro- some the more prairies, are, the and then it came so right far. back. Yeah, yeah. And we're like, well, if we have enough money to go to BC, we'll just go there, because punk rock in BC is very different than punk rock in Ontario. And What's it like out there in BC? It must be like scar uh, or something. You know, it's just a lot of heroin, really. Right. I mean, like it's 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 really darker. That's Vancouver. Well, yeah, that's, that's most of British that's Columbia, the actually. West Coast, that's yeah. the whole thing. Population-wise, yeah. That's like no, but I mean, that's the West Coast culture of punk rock. And oh, that yeah. kind of, and when I was growing up. People were doing heroin out in the woods in their cabins Oh, yeah. Shit. I don't know, man. Oh, okay. I wasn't fucking there. I'm pretty sure. Were you? Sure. Let's not speculate, okay? Right. I'm speculating. Canadians are a very diverse and respectful culture. And if you were sitting in your fucking log cabin... Whacking the smack. That was entirely your business, not ours. Okay? Cool. And people, no don't, judgment here. people don't get that. They throw Canadians all in one boat, and it's like, you know, I was in Europe, and they're mm-hmm. like, you're all the same. And it's like, fuck. What they, <laughs> what they do, fucking, uh, you know, three time zones and a six hour plane ride west of me is yeah. nothing in the East Coast and the fucking prairies. Even Toronto, oh, even Quebec. Toronto the fucking rural we Quebec. Have, we have Quebec. Like, oh my God. We have like another country inside Canada. Yes. That has been for like a hundred years being yeah. like, no, no, we are very different from you. Except we're mostly the same, but we're different. And they keep doing it. Like, we want your money. We want to live the same way as you. But you have to remember, we're not like you. 
And it's like, yeah, but are you American? No. Are you French? No. Well, who are you? Pigs. We are Quebecois, right? Cool. That's all we got here, pigs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's different uh, French? Uh, that that was that was straight from uh, Cipher Picks, <laughs> right there at Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, the opinions the, expressed everyone in by Kevin Club, they're just dicks. Cipher Picks. That's not. True. All right, I'm so, sure that's not true. I'm sure there's plenty of uh, Kushtardians that are lovely. I've, ex- you know, experienced Montreal many times. Your strippers and blow are lovely. amazing. I had one of my drunken disorders in Quebec. It was fine. It was great. I told you about this one. The, the belt fight on the street inside of the gas station. You guys are episode what? Like nine or something. It's in there. You well, can find it. it. You can find it. So we're going back to the women of 39 drunken Episode nine. nine. By the way, episode episode four was the bare knuckle boxer. Episode nine was uh, road tripping. Yeah. That uh, could have been it. You know, see, that's amazing that I even fucking guessed that because I thought it was about that one. Yeah. So, look, here's the thing. When I got hit by the truck and had to call in my mom's death over the phone, that was a lot of fun, as I've told you before. I kind of, like, hit, hit the wall. Like, I had, like, a, an emotional, human, physiological, emotional, psychological crisis, right? And I was physically crippled. So, I mean, I, I could go places, like, walk on my my cane and like pretend like I was okay but the rest of me just wasn't working and I thought that maybe I could find <laughs> sort of the, the human completion that pain and frustration in pleasurable physical contact PSC so we're going to talk about that and the reason I keep being very specific on this is I, re- I refuse in today's day and age, to be caught in any kind of, you know, socially constructed uh, sexual debauchery that wasn't of my own design. Because, frankly, I'm a huge follower of the Marquis de Sade. I enjoy a lot of pleasure in a lot of ways. But I have never been, never will be, never have had any truck with the kind of Me Too garbage political bullshit that hurts people. And ruins their lives because they have a little bit of sexuality and they're not afraid to show it. So anyway, that's been said. The trick is, I in that in that period of time between the age of like nineteen and twenty-eight, I had over a hundred lovers. I can't tell you how many. It was insane. I didn't care. I was living to die, partying to survive and enjoying every fucking second of it because I thought that it would be the last. I thought it would be over soon. It wouldn't really matter all that much, you know. You're, when you're young, you have these, these these nihilistic, philanthropic ideologies where you believe that you, you somehow know how the rest of the world's going to work out, the rest of the future is going to be, the rest of the universe is going to sort of happen for you, right? So being a nihilist and being into drugs and being into drinking and being... I guess. I just went all out. I mean, (laughs) not my proudest moment, but I had a jar of quarters and a bowl of oranges on my dresser, and that was breakfast and bus fare. 
And that wasn't like a joke. It was one of those things like wake up in the morning, I'd like reach over and grab the 60 pounder of whiskey from next to my, my bed, take a hit out of it, roll over and see someone laying in bed next to me and be like, who, who, who are you? What is this? Like, oh, you know what? Doesn't matter. That's breakfast and bus fare. Because it wasn't about finding emotional connections. Yeah, connection. It was about trying to find emotions again. Because I didn't have any. You know? Broken down. Like, beaten to the point of suicide. But not capable of that. Because it's not me. You know? It's just not me. So instead, you just live to die. You party hard enough to kill yourself. And if it doesn't happen, then, hey, well, it didn't happen. <laughs> you know? Then you got to tell stories about it. It's funny because partying is like so enraptured with like good times, feeling good, like up vibes, happy songs. But like you use that as a device for self-destruction is very, you know. But it's easy to do. Yeah. And that's kind of what it always kind of bubbles up to. It's easy to do. Party too and much the, and the, well, the reason for it is that, that what you want is you want the pleasures till you die. Right? And that's why yeah. we talked about overdoses. We talked about uh, the pain and suffering, the mental illness. Well, there's also, there's also the sex and relationship issue, which is that for a very long time, there was a lot of sexual partners in my life, but actually there'd be no love, like no emotional connection to anything. It was all of stuff. It was just party. It was like, yeah, we're just doing it, man. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. I mean, like, bless the bloody stars, I dodged the, you know, sexually transmitted disease fucking bullet. <laughs> No, I'm not even, that, that's not a joke. Like, yeah, I'm straight up right. saying, like, people, ladies and gentlemen, young people, be real here. And that's another way to self-sabotage as well. You, well, I didn't care. Nobody cared, mm -hmm. right? That's the whole thing. You just wasted all the time. You're partying like crazy. You don't even pick up. Your ethics and morals are just... Dude, I had, I saw the girl, my buddies told me, she's like, she's got the, the world, she's got the herb, things are bad, like blah, blah, blah. One part of that, but I don't care. Don't care. But, you know, unprotected, horrible night, crazy sex, whole thing, 100%. Got tested later, I was fine. 10 years later, still fine. 20 years later, still fine. Missed, like, dodged the bullet like you wouldn't believe. You know? Even, yeah. even like the curable ones, like do you think, yeah. you know, the old. Pills. I never once had to go and do like what? the oh gonorrhea, let's pop the pills and like yeah, never one time for you nothing. Got, you you got like X Men STD <laughs> immunity. No, and I don't believe that, and that's the thing. I don't believe that at all. I just know it's a it's a mathematical fucking miracle, and it just goes to show when you're when you're nihilistic enough not to care. The stupid things you will do to yourself without even a bat of an eyelash, you know? This is like in the middle of one of the worst blossoms of, of HIV and and such in the city we were, we were dealing with at the time. Cocaine. Right. That yeah. was, this was in the 90s, the 90s to 2000s, right? This was in, in the early 1000s. Oh, I would, you know, speed and shit. We, were dealing, you know, we were dealing with a, a large wave of, of uneducated youth having unprotected sex. And well, I was one of them. Sounds like a lot of generations. After you're right. And yeah. drugs and oh, sketchy yeah. scenarios. No, and you're right. And I was also, so yes, I was also in the demographic the of, I was also in the demographic of people who are most highly at risk. Right. Absolutely. 
And so I guess what I'm talking about the women of, of Syrian and drug disorders, I'm talking about women in general and, and men and women and how we relate to each other. You know, in our weakest moments, we find our strengths. And those strengths can sometimes be that weakness. The fact that you seem like you're about to fall apart, and you are, can be so attractive that it's almost narcotic. Right? When you are suicidal, like, you know, we're talking James Dean, like, like rebel without a clue kind of bullshit here, you know? You're, you're, you're ready to go. You know, you're, you're, you're close to fucking death. Because you just can't accept your life. And that somehow makes you so much more vital, so much more human, so much more attractive. That becomes part of who it is. And that can contribute to these rock star personas where people think, oh, wow, of course the girls love this guy because he's like this bad boy, he's hardcore. No. I think it's because when, when you're almost not alive, like psychologically, you're as alive as you're ever going to be. You're living as hard as you're ever going to live. And the rest of it is just the joke we tell ourselves to feel better. We'll wake up and say, oh, yeah, you know, I remember being in high school and I was pretty cool. I don't remember being in high school. But I remember, you know, doing 76 hits of acid, walking to Ajax in one shoe. I remember that. Does that make me, like, a person or is that just making me a joke, like a living living stereotype, right? And it's like, well, wait a minute, but I also also played rock in very successful bands, and I've worked since I was 15 to earn my own keep. And uh, I've had more than a I'm looking right into the camera for this one because head nod like fuck yeah. I don't know how to I don't know how else to define that one. You want to you want to add some success to people's personal relationship building skills. Let me tell you, if you can pull as many people in bed as me, male or female, then you know you're Lenny from fucking Motorhead. Well, yeah, apparently, you gotta tread the edge pretty fucking close. That's the name of your R&B album. Over a hundred lovers. <laughs> oh yeah. That's <laughs> BC. What's it stand for again? Secured physical contact. Secured physical contact. No, pleasurable. 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 Secured okay. pleasurable contact. No, it's all wrong. It was, <laughs> that was, it. It was pleasurable physical contact. SPC. Mm -hmm. No, secure. You secured it. Yeah, secured physical it. contact. Yeah. All right, so we're going to go back to the beginning of this episode. <laughs> I'm going to prove that all these people just listen to me and think I'm weird. They don't know what the hell I was talking about. That's okay. That's okay. Wow. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Another great episode. We're here. wrapping it up? Yeah. What the hell do I want to tell you right now? <laughs> <laughs> Over a hundred you you tell the stories, we wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I wrap it up when the stories are done. You're going to work here. All right, all right. We got beers flowing. We haven't had any. the beers. I got beers for you. We've had no audience questions. Rich is asleep. 
Let the dog attack Rich. How are we doing here? We gotta we gotta dip into the audience. Uh, any audience stories? Just for the record, that took a Doug, lot this of. This is the thought. women of Thirty Nine Drunk Stories. Ask a question. I I don't even know. I don't even know what to say. You won't hear it, but it's all. I don't even know what to say. Well, put, it, put it to That's Luna. It. You it. just blow my mind, Bob. What do you mean, how? I don't even know what to say. Put it to Luna. Men. Ask Luna. Ask Luna what she wants. Luna. Is she wearing a Yes. 100%. Luna, come here. Luna yeah. made her first, uh, oh, maybe not her first. Not her first. She was, first. Episode she was in episode one. Hey, Rich, what's up? Matt, I'm, 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 I'm casting the male privilege card and not asking. <laughs> what? That's good. You just veto That's your uh, audience question. Jabril the Thrill, anything you want to add? Say? No. Scrutinize? Jabril. Scrutinize. No. So, when, when, when you are forced to marry... What I'm forced to marry. Yes, yes. What what do you expect your wife to say to this episode? I will not show her. <laughs> no ways. But Ever. we will. So challenge once. accepted. <laughs> In the event that someone shows her this episode, what will you say? Jabril is a really common name. Jabril's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but how many Jabril the Thrills are there? Yeah, but how many times have you been on camera? He's got it right on this one, actually. Jabril yeah. is a really common name. There you go. There you go. <laughs> he keeps saying it. He's got to put Kavanaugh down. Like, is he, he, he going to be the third nineteen D lawyer? Are you going to like negotiate all of our... Jabril's drunk. We gave him half a shot of bourbon uh, an hour and a half ago, and he is off his rocker. Oh, oh yeah, I did, I did pull a bottle of wine out of the back pocket like halfway sure. through the episode. I do, you know, if that offends any of you, then you know what? Fuck you, <laughs> Fuck you and drink more. He's, just, open. He's open in the deep end. Open I just want to say something. For somebody that has been with a, like 100 women, you have very bad wingman game. I know. <laughs> Remember when we were at that party Wait, with uh, like what? the, the Wing- party? What does him being with women have to do with wingman game? He doesn't need. He's just a no, solo like, wrecking that's ball. The opposite. He's not a wingman. Yeah, but he's he should be able to get no, other no, people. No, no, no. In order no, to get laid, no you power through oh. other people. Yes, you know what? You know what? You know, honestly, I know what he's talking honestly, about. Yeah. No, honestly, man. You don't get goals by giving up assists. <laughs> that's not what he's talking about. No, I think Bob. You're absolutely right. There is absolutely no reason why I should have been as successful as I am. He could. Which means that when it comes to helping other people, <laughs> my advice is the worst. And I'll tell you why. Yeah. Okay. I got laid with this line as my opener. I'm looking deep into the camera. Harper, right into your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. With tits like them. Sort of God. I was banging boots less than an hour later than that. So my point is, <laughs> she's a lady. She's a lady. My point is whoa, this. Whoa, whoa, she's a lady. She's a lady. My, my point is this. It's a numbers game, and you can win the numbers game. Oh, I know. So right. the, my skill with has nothing to do. I am not skillful. Look, 
My girlfriend, your tourist cur- my current girlfriend, a freak, who is a, a very lovable small person. And how tall is she? She's four foot nine. She's four foot nine, and you are six eleven. Six eleven. The differential two foot two inches for those counting at home. Thank you very much. This. Thank you very much. This. She sent me this meme. Which I'm not even going to show you, but I'm going to read to you because it sounds better in my voice than it actually does as the meme. Down the barrel. And she sent it to me because, because I'll tell you the truth. Stop that. Hey, production value. Production value. All right. That's a lot of action for the podcast. That's a lot of action. Getting all this? You getting all this? Crazy. So much banter. You want to fuck? Do you have to say it like that? It's supposed to be a magical moment. Abracadabra, you want to fuck? Boom. That meme is so great because it does define exactly how romantic I am not. And yet, how plausible that has been for my sexual history. Isn't that a song? Abra, Abra, Kadabra. So want to fuck. Do yeah. Fuck. <laughs> to your point, then, as well. You're right. Sorry, what? No, you're right. He's an intelligent. The reason I'm a terrible wingman is because tough. I can't explain why I've gotten laid. So, how the fuck can I help you? But you know what it's like? To your point, yeah. he's an intelligent man. He knows how things psychologically work. He could, in fact, help people get laid, but he, he chooses not to. Here's what it's like. It's sort of like the situation where pro athletes, sometimes pro athletes who are prolific and star level, don't make good coaches because they were prolific and star level because they just had some special. You know what I think? I think these guys are trying to assert. I think think what's happening here is these guys are trying to assert that I'm just trying to hold the market for myself. No. That's not true. No, I would, I'm not. No, no what I'm no. saying is no. you can't teach something that no one else has, I think. That's Damn why right. you, whereas like sometimes in baseball, for example, catchers who are just grinders and hustlers and kind of mid-range guys, they make the best coaches because they had to work for every inch of everything they and had to ever no, accomplish. And, no, honestly, Kim, you're right. I'm a terrible wingman. I'm the worst. Because you know We've why. seen it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the reason that I'm going to call you out on this, the reason that uh, this conversation is happening is because we recently went to a party and you said to Kareem, you were like, now let's get you a girlfriend or something like that. Like you were going to help him do that. And then nothing happened. No, that's not what happened. (laughs) Something like that. What happened is we went to the party with a woman that we all know here. And him... And my girlfriend and said that you actually married. Oh, yes. right. We're right. And they Second said that about half a dozen times during the party. Right. See, the only woman in here said, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. It's just a killer. It's so, a killer, yeah. but it could still happen. <laughs> just for everyone at home, uh, Cypherpix has his hand in his head. I have a, so over a hundred lovers, um, just for the episode's sake in the future, what's a, give us some, a couple of no, notable scenarios, title, like places, over a hundred lovers. Um, oh, oh, normal, there's nothing normal about it. I actually got a no, show not normal, work. notable scenarios, like crazy places well, you fucked. <laughs> yeah, because we're 14, let's do it. 
Let's start this. How about how about notable how about, no, how about notable times when other people noticed that you had a bit of a problem? So, for example, my my boss called me in for a meeting one evening, and They're like you like to fuck. No, no, no. It was worse than that. But a bunch of guys sitting there, friends of his. Yeah, it was kind of like that. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, Trevor, you're closer than you think. No, I got me. Like you had a problem, right? Like in the office. And I wandered into the office, and he's like, "Okay, so, Bob, my buddy Shane wants to talk to you." I'm like, "Well, Shane, what the fuck's up?" He's like. Bob, you fucked too many people's wives. Oh. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, girlfriends, wives, whatever. You got a problem. You got to chill. And I'm like, what are you talking about, man? Like, get out of your mind. He's like, really? You had a fucking video montage of security footage? Because here's the way it works. I work at this club. <laughs> End of the night. I'm sitting here having a beer. And I see this girl. She looks sad. And, like, I see some lame dude, like, wandering around. I think it's just some, you know, weirdo trying to pick her up, whatever. And so the game is on. Who wins? I walk up, I'm like, I'll buy you a beer. You want to come to my place? And I was like, yeah, sure. 